0: Welcome to On the Ballot with Ballotpedia, where we take a closer look at the top political stories of the day. Ballotpedia connects people to politics by providing neutral, nonpartisan, and reliable information on our government, how it works, and where it's headed. I'm Victoria Rose, and thanks for being with us. Today, we've got a special episode recorded on-site in Chicago at Ballotpedia's annual editorial meeting. Since Ballotpedia is a remote workplace, we get really excited whenever we can all get together in person, and our department-wide meeting is typically the biggest gathering in any given year. This year in Chicago, though, we are also celebrating our 15th anniversary, and we wanted to bring you behind the scenes to mark the occasion. I'm excited to welcome a few of on the ballots, regulars for a roundtable. Joining me now are Doug Kronizel, me, Shane Teal, and Joe Greeny. Welcome to the show, guys.
1: Thanks, Victoria. Happy to be here. Yeah, wonderful to be here in person.
0: Yeah, it's great to see you as well in person. How is everyone's traveling to get here? Any delays?
1: Very smooth. Yeah, just direct flight from South Dakota. It's pretty sweet.
0: Oh, you're from South Dakota? I didn't realize.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> weird. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, I,
2: I did a direct flight as well from Miami um, and Miami International Airport. Shout out to the staff there. If you guys are listening, you're doing a great job. I know that sounds
0: sarcastic, but they actually are. I uh, think <laughs> travel was really smooth. is always the kindest. Are you, have you guys been to Chicago before? Is this your first time?
1: First time for me, and I'm enjoying it so far, for sure. I've been a few times, but this will be the longest span of time in one sitting.
2: Yeah, this is my very first time, so I'm really excited to see what the city has to offer. Yeah, what are
0: you guys most looking forward to? I've
3: already knocked off a lot of what was on my list. Chicago dog, beef sandwich, deep dish last night. I
1: think I'm ready to go home, (laughs) actually. (laughs) I, you know, we've got uh, the the Chicago River boat cruise coming up, which is going to be which is going to be fun. Heard also a lot of good things about it. Yeah, excited to kind of see the sights in that way.
2: Yeah, I'm excited about the boat cruise as well, but I feel like we really need to acknowledge a very important historical event that happened here this past weekend and that's that Beyonce had her concert (laughs) on Saturday and on Sunday I saw a bunch of videos of it on Instagram and it was glorious. should have flown in early and I really should have but you know what she's coming to Florida next month and I have I have tickets and I am not exaggerating when I say that this is the most important
0: night of my life. (laughs) we are all very happy for you me. Thank you. (laughs) And the highlight of my trip so far is Doug's trivia that he put together for the whole editorial team? My team did win, so there was no cheating involved.
1: Great razor slim, though. That was yeah, a one, was point. one point win,
0: one point, but no one needs to know that. So, guys, can you tell us a little bit about what each of you do here at Battlopedia and how you all started working here?
3: For sure. Um, I can get us started. I am, I think, I'm actually the most recent joinee, employee. I don't know if that's a word. It's definitely not a word, actually. I know it's not a word. the most recent person here to have joined Ballotpedia full-time, at least. I came on in February of this year, um, and I am on our marquee team along with my colleague here, Doug. We work on different sort of sub-teams within the marquee team, though. I've mostly been covering election administration so far this year with a couple of other issues sort of sprinkled in there, but really looking at state legislative activity. And yeah, it's been an awesome couple of months. Um, previously, I was contracting with Ballotpedia, working with Josh haltick on our research team, um, doing a bit of school board research. And yeah, it's been a great experience so far.
1: And then I uh, similarly work on the marquee team, um, but like Joe mentioned, a little bit of a different subset. So focused more on some of the the election coverage and election analyses, been focusing a lot on school board elections recently, as we have discussed a few times and state legislative elections as well. But I, I got started here in January of 2020 and like the last time it was really cool to have a remote job. Before everyone had a remote job. (laughs) But uh, yeah, before that, I was just kind of um, working in other different aspects of of political coverage. And I, I used Ballotpedia throughout college, throughout work all the time. And so when I saw that there was an opening, I was like, hey, this seems like a pretty sweet fit.
2: Nice. Yeah. And I, uh, I started in, in December of 2021 and I work on the elections team. Um, and we cover a variety of uh, local, federal, and state elections, but a few months ago, um, I began to specialize in federal courts coverage, which has been really fun. Um, I've learned a lot about, you know, SCOTUS cases and just the federal judicial nomination process. There's definitely been a learning curve, but um, I, I'm just really happy with with um, the work we've been able to accomplish on our, our federal courts team, and, and um, I'm just so looking forward to, to SCOTUS's um, next term coming up
3: it's an exciting time i feel like to be covering the federal judiciary and Doug, on your point as what i feel like everyone that works here it's like i used to use it all the time so yeah. and when i tell people where i work they're like people actually work there i use it all the time yeah yeah
2: yeah i'm in grad school and one of like the coolest moments of working here has been like me citing ballotpedia but like an article that i wrote
1: yeah <laughs> so that's it was cool.
2: like yeah I, yeah i know that. i know it was kind of
0: a flex and it was like says who says me that's new yeah <laughs> that's awesome i'll share a little bit i joined ballotpedia in august 2019 so just a little bit before doug and i joined the ballot Measures team and have been with them ever since and then uh, i got dragged to host this podcast so that's what i've been doing <laughs> Any big milestones or fun stories you want to share from your guys' tenure at Ballotpedia? Besides hosting the longest on the ballot episode
1: last week. Oh, yeah. That, that was a great conversation, though.
0: Well, um, I think for me,
2: um, again, I mentioned uh, just recently getting on the... Well, not just recently. It's been like six months. I don't know why you say just recently. But just working on the federal course coverage and like being able to look at SCOTUS case documents like they have order lists that they come out with and you know opinions and things like that and those used to be like super intimidating just because of the legalese and I would just kind of when I started off I would just look at it and I would be like okay you're you're a smart person it, you know just because you don't understand it right now it doesn't mean you know it'll always be that way but definitely over time I've gotten used to the language um, and it's it's coming a lot easier for me now and I'm I'm really happy about that.
1: Nice. I Tend to kind of break things up in terms of like projects or or larger, larger kind of overarching things that I've worked on, and I think the one that's sort of been the most um, gratifying has been work on the state legislative competitiveness metrics and gathering when when I. I think I got kind of thrust into it unexpectedly because the person who was supposed to be working on it got pulled up to do our COVID coverage uh, when we were doing the documenting America's path to recovery work in like spring and summer of 2020. And so then all of a sudden I was in charge of the state legislative uh, research like two months in. Um, So I really was kind of scrambling to Figure out what all of this stuff meant, um, but since then we've done like a total overhaul of all of our data. We've standardized it. We now have comprehensive information, clean data for every state legislative chamber back to 2010, like open seats, number of primaries, all this cool stuff that um, you know really comes out. And I think a lot of the coverage that we do now of these elections because we have it at our disposal.
0: That's super fascinating data
1: agree. That project is really cool. For me, again, I haven't been here super
3: long, but we just released a uh, state of election administration report, I think about three or four weeks ago now, almost a month ago now. And that's definitely the biggest sort of thing. project that i've been a part of so far and definitely took a lot of sort of making sure that we had all our ducks in a row and alignment across a couple members of our team and there were some cool takeaways from that as well just again an overview of state legislative level changes were proposed changes to election administration so far this year and i think that's going to be a roadmap for future coverage of similar efforts going forward and it was cool to yeah again it was sort of my first opportunity to work at a really in-depth level with some of my Colleagues, um, and put out some some novel coverage that got some media hits and all that, so it was rewarding.
0: Yeah, I think the truth and all of what you guys is what you guys are saying is like Ballotpedia offers such unique products in these things, and they're fun to work on, which is exciting for me. Like the ballot measures, I feel like Ballotpedia is known for their ballot measure coverage, so it's been fun to get like journalists questions and asking us. For you know our expertise and being the one to respond to those, um, and then seeing that cited in news articles is pretty fun. So as I mentioned, we're a fully remote company. So I'm wondering how you guys all like that experience. Um, do you work in your pajamas all day?
3: Like,
0: <laughs> brush your teeth? Right?
3: Yeah. I go back and forth. I think It depends on the day. <laughs> no, I definitely appreciate the um, the remote working environment. I actually this might not be like the best story for this podcast, but my previous job before coming over to Valpia, we went full remote. Um, yeah. I don't want to throw shade at my previous job when we think about this. <laughs> we went full remote and like, it did not go super great. Um, so I was a little bit skeptical about joining the full remote workplace. I know that I'm a person who like engages in person, but I think Valpedia has got such a sort of developed ecosystem, like in the right sense of the word like it's not constrictive in any means but it helps you sort of i don't know you can step into a workplace and it feels like you're stepping into a workplace not just like at home by yourself like there's documentation for everything there are sort of best practices for working on different projects or across teams and yeah that's been really cool to see um, just the amount of thought that's got that goes into and has gone into sort of creating the ecosystem that about media has so i really enjoy it
1: and i think that that ecosystem i, I know like from my experience Like starting at the beginning of 2020, you know, by the time the whole world was shutting down in March, I was still kind of learning the ropes about Pedia. But I think we were in a very good spot in that, like... I remember hearing a lot of horror stories from like other people who were like, my company's going remote, but nobody knows like what they're doing or how to do it. But then we didn't really have to worry about that because it was like already so established before that time on how to work and operate in a remote workspace, which I think lent itself to a lot of our really cool coverage that we did at that point in time. And and I mean, also the the flexibility. I don't know about all of you, but I think since I started working at Palopedia, which was like three years ago, right? Or three and a half years ago. I've moved like three times. And like not just like moving like from an apartment to another apartment, but I started off in Fort Collins and then I spent a year in Champaign, Illinois, and now back in South Dakota. So something that I was just kind of able to do taking a few days off work to, you know, pack up the moving truck and move and then you know, the next week I'm, I'm back at work, but just like in a totally, totally new space. So not something that would be as easy to do if you were constantly trying to kind of like switch switch jobs the whole time.
2: Absolutely. Um, and I think um, in addition to the robust <laughs> ecosystem that we have um, for remote work. Um I think our managing editors do a really good job at also just engaging with us like whether it's like um we have you know our Slack channels that I enjoy we have like different ones like we have random Slack channels uh for like fun uh topics. Um we also have uh for the election teams we have um daily scrum calls where um you know we just kind of go through our priorities for the day um and it's just a great way just to um make sure that yeah everyone's on the same page and and to connect and you know ch- chit chat and things like that um so i think you know the combination of just the communication through the various channels that we have in addition to all of the documentation it really really helps build this a solid workplace,
0: similar to Doug. I moved three times too since being with Valapini. I started go. in Arizona, went to Illinois briefly too, and then now I'm in Dallas, Texas. So it's nice that you can move without having to change shops.
1: Yeah, I, uh, try it out. I, I, I don't. <laughs> every time, every time I do it, I like convince myself like we don't need to like hire someone to help us do this. Like we we can do this. Well, we don't have that much stuff. And then every time it's so miserable, like loading a moving truck and then like driving it across the country but then like enough time goes by where i kind of forget how miserable it is and then i'm just like ah no i can totally do this <laughs> you know, i won't i won't fall prey to that again
0: well it's funny because every time i talk to joe on the podcast he's in a new place so i feel like he is constantly
3: <laughs> I'm constantly moving but all my stuff is in a storage locker so there
1: you go That's the way to yeah. do it.
0: so it's been a year since on the ballot launched and you're all kind of regulars on the show what has it been like coming on the podcast, you guys love hearing the sound of your own voices? Or was that something that you had to get used to? Or do you have any uh, favorite memories from being on the show?
3: I hate the sound of my own voice. I feel like everyone does though, you know? Yeah. I don't know what that is. It's been fun. I would say I really, I was nervous before the first experience, but I feel like you, Victoria Frank and the rest of the sort of team behind the scenes does a great job at prepping for these episodes and they're fun.
1: Yeah. It's always, always a blast. And I mean, we kind of mentioned earlier the, the recent conversation with Parshav from Wisconsin about school board elections, all that stuff. That was just such a super cool and engaging conversation. I think that speaks a lot. Like it's, it's always great hearing from what everyone on Ballpedia is doing because we're all doing such different things. And that like, I, I love hearing those conversations, but I also love being able to bring outside people in and talk to them about their experiences and their insights just to kind of like round, round things out. I, I, I always enjoyed those episodes a lot.
0: Yeah. Do you remember our first interview with Shaz and Comb? That was our first.
1: I do. I do remember that. And that was actually on the, we did that like a Saturday morning and it was the Saturday morning of the University of South Dakota's homecoming so like I was at the parade and then left the parade and came and did that and I went back afterwards so it was an exciting time to be recording. Yeah
0: Yeah, I was about to say thanks for taking the time on my (laughs) busy schedule. Yeah uh, I think the um,
2: I think what I've really enjoyed is just getting to work with all of you lovely people that I normally wouldn't you know interact with on a daily basis. For me the learning curve was uh, definitely name pronunciations. I feel like every time i had to come on and do an episode i would like i would look up the word like a name pronunciation or whatever and then it would just I, I would still somehow mess it up but i have an excuse english is not my first language um and so like sometimes like words that come easily to others like i'd it just doesn't come intuitively to me. But it, it, it's definitely um, been a great experience. And I I've never been a part of like, you know, recording a podcast before. So it's been really great just to, you know, see all of the behind the scenes work um, and all of the hard work that goes into it. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Cole and to Frank because they are amazing at like producing these episodes and like creating the script and all that kind of stuff. And Victoria, your voice was made for podcasts. <laughs> I feel like Thank I didn't. Yes. Yeah, I I feel like and this is I've told you this before and this is not a bad thing, but when someone is hosting a podcast, they have to have a soothing enough voice to keep you engaged. But at the same time, like if you want to take a nap to the podcast,
0: I put you to sleep.
2: (laughs) That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's very soothing Um, and I do listen to podcasts sometimes to sleep. And there have
0: been a few episodes, Victoria, <laughs> where you have helped. <laughs> I'm happy to help.
3: How has the experience been for you?
0: Every We record on Wednesdays and I it has been the day I dread the most because this is definitely outside of my comfort zone. Um, but I, I really like engaging with all of you, like getting to meet all of you and work with you guys has been great. Um, I work on a pretty small team, so it's nice to engage with more Ballotpedians. My last question we have to cover because it wouldn't be on the ballot if we didn't cover it. We're going to do some politicking and discuss our favorite or not favorite, what we're excited about in 2023, 2024, upcoming races, elections, ballot measures, court cases, anything.
3: So, I've been covering a lot of election administration, as I mentioned, and most of that is occurring at the state legislative level. Although there's been a couple sort of big packages introduced in Congress, we actually just the last couple of weeks, which probably won't move. So, not that exciting, but something to keep an eye on. Um, but we've still got, uh, I think around 15 states in session right now. So there's some live wires to keep an eye on for the rest of this year as far as potential changes to election administration. I kind of feel like, and this is my own sort of hypothesis, that election administration in particular works on a four-year cycle and it's presidential election dependent. It's sort of aligns with the presidential election cycle. So we're sort of nearing the end of a cycle that began in, in 2020. I actually really think this cycle began pre-2020, but COVID obviously accelerated a lot of stuff. And I think through the end of this year into next year, we'll be sort of starting up a new election admin cycle. And I'm just sort of excited to see, I don't really have any idea about like what the major issues are gonna be in that cycle, but I'm excited to see, uh, or excited to sort of get that started um, and see what issues sort of come to the surface and, and. Um, what legislators and administrative election administrators are focused on going into next year?
0: Yeah, I love the cyclical nature of our work. That everything is kind of refreshing. You get new topics to talk about and things like totally. That.
1: Yeah, looking ahead on the election calendar, I mean, twenty twenty three. The off, like odd year elections tend to, I think, kind of get a bad bad rap as being boring or not exciting because there's not like congressional elections going on. But this year, you know. Like we've mentioned before, Balpita is covering every school board election in 10 states. Uh, We've already kind of wrapped things up in two of them all the way, Oklahoma and Wisconsin. South Dakota was also one of them. We got an analysis coming for them later. But then there are seven more that are all holding their school board elections in November, and that is going to be... Super, super exciting when all those elections come through. Again, the election results, putting together the analyses from them. Because school boards tend to be a a subject matter that when people talk about them, they like to talk in anecdotes. They like, like to talk about something that happened in this school board in particular or this school district in particular. But one of the things that I feel like we're contributing to right now is making it more of like a thing that you can actually point to, uh, you know, data or results or statistics, and it doesn't have to be entirely anecdotal anymore. You can actually see like, here's what happened in Wisconsin, or here's what happened in Colorado. And we're not just looking at a few districts in Colorado. We're looking at all of the districts in Colorado. So that's, uh, that's going to be, that's going to be a big one, um, which, which I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, after the fact.
2: Yeah, um I think for me um something that's exciting of course is the um 2023-2024 uh, SCOTUS term. Um it's uh an exciting dynamic to see because um with the justices because of um, uh, Justice Ketanji Brown uh, Jackson who recently joined the court. Um and so it's been really interesting seeing her her opinions um, and just seeing how she's acclimating to the to the Supreme Court. As of June 30th um, and and currently as well, SCOTUS has accepted about 22 cases um, for the 2023 term. And uh, one of those cases was dismissed. Um, About six of those are already scheduled for argument. So that's exciting. I think one of the cases that uh, we're going to be keeping a close eye on is Atchison Hotels uh, versus Loftor. And it has to do with the American. Disabilities Act. Um, and it basically, uh, Deborah uh, Lawfer. Uh, she is a disabled individual. And on her own accord, she visited the um, Atchison Hotel's website um, and she sued the hotel, um, alleging that their website didn't provide enough information to determine whether her disabilities could be accommodated or not. Um, and so um, in this Supreme Court case, uh, SCOTUS will be determining whether or not someone has standing if they don't intend to visit the hotel that they are suing,
0: um, which will be an interesting case to see. Yeah, for sure. On the ballot measure front, um, I believe we're trending above the average of numbers of measures certified at this point in the year. So we definitely are going to have probably a higher number of ballot measures this year and next year. Um, And some of the topics I think I'm most interested or excited about covering include a a lot of interesting things in California. There's an amendment in California to repeal Proposition 8, uh, which established marriage as a union between a man and a woman. So that'll be on the ballot in November, 2024.
1: You had a bunch of abortion measures on the ballot too, or potentially on the ballot for 2024. Yes. We have a,
0: a handful of potential abortion measures. that are, I think, two certified so far for 2024. Uh, one, one, was recently certified in Ohio for 2023. So definitely going to continue to be a topic on the ballot. Well, that's all the questions I have for you guys today. Thanks so much for coming out and giving me your morning. It's awesome to see you guys in person and looking forward to the rest of this meeting.
1: Likewise. Thank you, Victoria. Yes, most definitely.
0: Thank you for having us, Victoria. And that's all for this week's episode of On the Ballot. Make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back twice next week on Tuesday and Thursday with new episodes. Until then, if you have any questions, comments, or love for Ballotpedia, feel free to send it to us at ontheballot at ballotpedia.org or on Twitter at Ballotpedia. I'm Victoria Rose, and thanks for listening.